Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website can be found at www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, this morning we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're actually continuing our study in Psalm 119, which will take us several weeks. Uh, So we're going to be reading verses 49 through probably 88 uh, this morning. Now, I gave a brief description of Psalm 199 and broke it down on last week's episode. So you're going to want to listen to that one first if you haven't, uh, if you haven't already. Uh, and then we'll be looking and continuing our study in the book of Hebrews. We're going to read chapters 5 and 6 today. There's a really frightening uh, set of verses in chapter 6. Uh, we're going to try to dig into that a little bit. Um, But it also starts the conversation about the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So that is kind of what is on the agenda for this morning. I want to thank all of you uh, real quickly for praying for me over the weekend. Uh, As I mentioned on the podcast on Friday, wasn't feeling well. Uh, Actually felt horrible all weekend long. And not feeling great this morning, but manageable. Um, so, uh, I just want to say thank you for your prayers and please continue to pray, uh, that this, uh, uh, this would improve. I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, and also I just want to say, you know, the, the time might be coming soon when I need to take a week off and, uh, I've never done that in seven years. Um, but that may be, uh, something that I might have to do in the future just to kind of recoup a little bit. Um. So be praying, and uh, if you would, and I really, really appreciate uh, all of that. Okay, let's dig in. Starting with verse 49, Psalm 119. Remember thy word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Thy statues have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. Heth Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart, my merciful. My whole heart be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forsaken thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Teth, 
Thou hast dealt with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Thou art good, and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Thy hands have made me a fashion and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I might learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Let me, let, I pray thee, my merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to thy word and to thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate on thy precepts. Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those who have known thy testimonies. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I might not be ashamed. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. My eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon the earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after the loving kindness. So shall I keep thy testimony of thy mouth. And that's where we're going to stop with Psalm 119 today. And as you can see, it's just a continuous praise about God's law, about God's righteousness and faithfulness, and about God's word, and about God's precepts. And the psalmist, you know, he's talking about being persecuted, and he says, but he's confident that God's going to rescue him and preserve him and help him through these situations because he loves God's law, because he sticks diligently to God's precepts. He said, They almost consume me upon the earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. He also praises about some of the adversity that he's been through and how that has helped him to learn the right way to live according to God's word. He says, Thy tender mercies come unto me that I might live, for thy law is my delight. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, that thou in faithfulness, he says, has afflicted me. That thou in faithfulness has afflicted me, he says. 
teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believed thy commandments. He says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. He's saying sometimes God afflicts us to get us back on track. Okay, let's move on. We're going to read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 5 and chapter 6. This is another one of those where if you, if you haven't listened to the very first episode, I kind of give a rundown of the book of Hebrews, who it's to, and give a general way of thinking about it. And uh, so you're going to want to listen to that again, um, if you haven't already. Okay, let's dig in. Hebrews chapter 5 and chapter 6. Verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. And no man taketh his honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications and strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that feared, was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God, a high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Alright, before we move on to chapter 6, let's just look at that again. Verses 11 through 14. In a nutshell, I believe it's being said here, and we, you know, I know many Christians like this, who you ought to, at this point, be further, farther along in the faith. You've been at it for so many years, and yet you have need to be taught again the basics, the 101 of Christianity. You ought to be eating meat, but instead you still need milk like a baby. That's what he's getting at here. Let me read that again. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. 
for when for the time you ought to be teachers, right? Like you should be further enough along now that you should be able to teach and lead others. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as of need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But the strong meat belongeth to them that are adult, that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, you know, you have some who at this point they ought to be teaching. Like, they ought to be that far along, but instead they're like babies. They have to be retaught the basics. Likewise, I also see those who are babes in Christianity who think they know way more than they really know. Like, they've, they've read a few books. They've studied a few passages. They've went, you know, maybe they've got a year under the belt, and all of a sudden they're an expert. And I've seen these people too, and it's incredibly irritating and sad because you hear them just spouting off their knowledge, which is out of complete ignorance. They're still babes in the faith. They're still on milk. They haven't began to be able to chew the meat. But out of their own arrogance and ignorance, they spout off silly things. I see this a lot as well. And the reason why you see that amongst baby Christians is because a lot of times they're just really, really excited. And they're on fire. The problem is, is they don't understand their own ignorance. They're still babies in the faith. You know, the scriptures say if, you, if a man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet that he ought to know. What I've learned over the years of studying and studying and studying is that the more I know, the less I know. And that's, I think... When I run into people who understand that, that's when I believe I've, I'm running into people who have some wisdom about the word. I think the more knowledgeable you get about God, the less arrogant you get about it. The less you think you know. The less need you feel to correct everyone. Because you realize, hey, I've been wrong a million times. I better just take a step back, listen to what they have to say, maybe even look at it a little bit before I start spouting off. That's, to me... A sign of maturity in the faith. I don't know where that's all coming from. Hopefully that speaks to someone. But that's just kind of what I've experienced within myself. Whereas I used to want to correct everybody. And thought I knew everything. Now after years and years and years of studying. As of learning biblical Hebrew. And doing all these things. And I've learned that hey. I really don't know that much to, to be honest. <laughs> you know. The, if a man thinks he knows anything. He knows nothing yet that he ought to know. So be careful. And maybe you're someone who's been in the faith for many, many years, but you're still on the milk. It's time to mature. It's time to grow. And if you're a babe, understand that you are a babe. Listen to people who might be wiser than you, who might have been doing this a lot longer than you, who might have walked with God for many, many, many years and have learned a thing or two about it. All right, let's look at chapter 6 in this controversial verse. Uh, which the controversial verse starts with verse 4. Verse 1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead works and faith towards God, 
of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do, if God permit. For it is impossible. Listen closely, friends. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance. Seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him into open shame. Listen to that again. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of, the, of God and the powers of the word to come if they shall fall away to renew themselves again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to open shame. The, the writer here is saying you can't crucify Christ twice, right? If you've come to the knowledge of truth, you've been filled with that enlightenment, you've, you've received the Holy Ghost, if you walk away from the faith, say, you know what, I don't believe this anymore, I want my sin, you can't be renewed. You can't be renewed. Those people are not coming back. We all know people like this, right? They once believed, but now they foam at the mouth of, about anything about God. There's no renewing them again. They're, they're not going to come back. It's important to note that I don't believe this is talking about those who might backslide, as it's called uh, in the American church, or in, I think it's even the Baptist church, backsliding, which is more like the prodigal son scenario. It's not that you stop believing or that you don't love God or you don't love Christ is that you kind of get caught up in your old ways and you return to some filth some of us have been there but you still loved God you still loved Jesus you still got angry when somebody would talk bad about your Savior even though you weren't living right I don't believe that's what it's talking about. This is talking about those who say, you know what, I don't want this. I don't believe it anymore. I want my sin. Charles Spurgeon, I was looking at his commentary. Here's what he says. He says, note, Paul does not say if they shall fall, but if they shall fall away. If the religion which they have professed shall cease to have any power over them, then it shall be impossible. I like that. Paul's, of course, Spurgeon is saying that the writer of Hebrews is Paul. <laughs> he says, Paul does not say if they shall fall, meaning stumble, but if they shall fall away. There's many opinions about this. And I certainly don't have all the answers. This is just where I've fallen on this verse. It's not if they fall, stumble, struggle, fail, even get lost a little bit. It's if they have tasted the goodness, believed, saw the light, and then reject it. They're not coming back. 
Let's continue this chapter and finish it off here. For the earth which drinketh in the rain, that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation through we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous, to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints, and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. For when God made promises to Abraham because he could not swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely blessing will bless, I will bless thee and multiply, I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured and obtained the promise, for men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for a confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us, entered even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. My friends, that is our study for this morning. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that it's been a blessing to you, that it spoke to your heart, that it's pierced your hearts, that it's given you some wisdom, some encouragement, some understanding. That is all I have for you this morning. Please continue to pray for me. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Thanks, you, thanks for providing for the podcast and, and providing me this opportunity to do this um, incredible work, which is my great pleasure and my great privilege. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.